After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said to Philip, When shall we buy bread, that these may eat? One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here, and he has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. Likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, that is the five thousand, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a faithful teacher of the Word of God for more than 60 years. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never Today on The Unchanging Word, we are beginning chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. The theme of chapter 6 is Jesus, the Bread of Life. John's purpose in writing this Gospel reveals Jesus as God's Messiah, the very Son of God. And John proves this by showing us Jesus' words and works. Now here in chapter 6, we see the fifth and sixth miracles of Jesus in this Gospel. And of the 37 total miracles recorded in all four Gospels, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is the only one recorded in all four Gospels. And it is wonderful to behold what Jesus did do with five barley loaves and two fish. He fed 5,000 people after giving thanks and then gathered up the leftovers. What do you have that Jesus can use to feed people? Jesus our Lord gave thanks for his provisions. Do you and I do that? Well, here's Dr. Mitchell, John chapter 6, verse 1, with our study. We again come to you with studies in the gospel through John. And again, I would ask those of you who are following along with us in the study of John's gospel that you read it through as often as you can. The more you read it, the more you get out of it. The less you read it, why, of course, the less you get out of it. Now, we've come to a marvelous chapter in this Gospel through John. Not that they're not all marvelous, but this is a chapter that would thrill your heart as our Savior reveals himself as Jehovah Ra. And that means the Lord is my shepherd. He's the shepherd, caring for his people. 
And here we have in the first 15 verses, at least the first 14 verses, we have our Lord feeding the hungry. Here we have the fourth sign of our Savior as the one who was indeed God manifest in the flesh. I'm going to read these verses. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said to Philip, When shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one may take a, a little. Stingy Philip. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here, and he has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. Likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, that is the five thousand, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Now let me just stop the reading here for a few moments. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ revealed as Jehovah Ra, the shepherd of his people. You remember in the 23rd Psalm we read, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now we had in chapter 5 of John our Lord claiming equality with God in nature, equality with God in power, equality with God in authority. We found that all life was in his hands, all judgment was in his hands, all resurrection is in his hands. And then you have the unbelief of these Jews. You have the evidence of his claims, how that he was testified to by John the Baptist. The very works of our Savior acclaimed him. The word of the Father testified to him. And the word of the Scriptures spake concerning him. But you see, these people were insincere. The Lord says, you do search the Scriptures. And if you had really known God, you would have known me. It's an amazing thing how people can read the Bible not to see Christ, but to prove some doctrine or some experience they've had, or one thing or another, rather than reading the Scriptures to behold the Savior. So he ends chapter 5, Had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for Moses wrote concerning me. Now we come to chapter, to chapter 6. Remember that these Jews did not lack evidence as to the person of Christ. And their attitude manifested not any love for God himself. 
For had they loved God, they would have loved his son. And I make that very frank today. There are people today who say, Mr. Mitchell, you know, I love God, but I don't have any time for Jesus. He's just a man. He's just a teacher. My friend, you don't have any love for God. You don't know God. You can't know God apart from the Son of God. This is very, very obvious as you read the Bible, unless, of course, you want to throw the Bible out. And if you throw the Bible out, then you have no revelation of God at all. You, someone's going to say, well, you, you, you oversimplify it. No, this is just plain fact. I'm, one, I'm a realist on this question. Now, this miracle in chapter 6, the feeding of the hungry, feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle mentioned in all four Gospels. If you read your four Gospels, you will notice that there are many miracles in Matthew which are repeated in Mark, and some are repeated in Luke. There are some in Luke that are not in Matthew, and so on. But when it comes to John's Gospel, John, you remember, only gives us seven signs, seven miracles, before he went to the cross, where he turned the water into wine, and he fed the hungry, and he stilled the storm, and he healed the nobleman's son, and he healed a man 38 years infirmed, and he opened the eyes of a man blown blind, and raised a man from the dead. So John picks up these various signs, but this one miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle in all four Gospels. And here we see the creative power of God. You know, the marvelous thing is that God can make something out of nothing. He's the creator. You remember in the book of Hebrews, we understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of his mouth so that things that appear were made of things that do not appear. In other words, he made them out of nothing. He just spoke the word and it came into existence. They wanted to see the spectacular. And may I say this is a very common thing. People love the spectacular. And the danger for Christians is to so be occupied with the spectacular that they miss the person of our Savior. You're attracted to what he has accomplished, not to him personally. And you notice in verse 4 is a key to their condition. The Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Again, we come to it. Uh, the feasts of Jehovah, and especially the feast of Passover, if you go back to the 12th chapter of Exodus. Do you remember? It's the Lord's Passover. Now it has degenerated into a feast of the Jews. It's so easy to take some wonderful thing that God has done and taken God out of it, and it becomes a mere feast, the feast of the Jews. Now the people had crowded around the, around the Savior, and if I were to quote from the ninth chapter of Luke's Gospel, where we have Luke giving us the same picture, you remember, the Lord healed all who had need of healing. And they were very, very hungry. And so you have in John's gospel a little, a little intimation as to where they found the five loaves and the two fishes. In verse 5, when the Lord saw this great company, he said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread to feed this crowd? Now why turn to Philip? Well, Philip was a Bethsaida. And where they were in this wilderness is right close to Bethsaida. And if anybody knew where to get bread, it would have been Philip. So the Lord turned to Philip and said, where are we going to buy bread for this crowd? And uh, he did this to prove Philip. And Philip said, you remember in verse 7, 
Why, 200 penny worth of bread. Now, I ought to say this. A penny a day was a laborer's wage. In that day, when a man worked for a day, and it wasn't eight hours either, they worked 10, 12 hours a day, they got a penny uh, for their labor. So when you speak of 200 penny worth of bread, when it comes to value, you remember that one penny was a laborer's wage for one day. So Philip said, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough for this crowd, that everyone may have just a little wee bit. That's what I said when I read this portion, stingy fellow. He just wanted them all to have a little wee bit. But one of his disciples, Andrew, by the way, who was a buddy of Philip, um, said to him, there's a lad here who has five little barley loaves, just like five tortillas, and two small fishes. And what in the world are you going to do with them? But now I'm sure that Andrew, in, in pointing this out to the Savior, must have had an idea in his mind or his heart that the Lord would do this. Now, when you come to Luke's gospel, you remember, he said to the disciples, you feed them. And they said to the Lord, why, we can't do that. We've only got five loaves and two fishes. And what are they among so many? In other words, when the disciples had their eyes upon the circumstances, had their eyes on what they had, they couldn't do anything. And then when they turned their eyes from what they had to whom they had, they fed the 5,000. So the, the Lord made them sit down uh, in number about 5,000. And Luke tells us they, they put 50 to a company. That's 100 companies of men, 50 men to a company. And you notice he didn't ask for volunteers. He drafts disciples. If I may go back to that little lesson on discipleship, the responsibility of disciples is to feed the crowd. But I repeat it, when we have our eyes upon the crowds and upon what we have, we won't do a thing. Quite often today, when you ask some person to do something for the Savior, they begin to rationalize their frailty. They say, well, I'm sorry, but I haven't got the gift to do that. Not realizing that if God opens a door for you to do something for him, he will supply exactly what you need. I know that's true. God can take the most unlikely person and make them channels of blessing to a great many people. Some of our greatest preachers were the most unlikely ones to be preachers or to be successful even when they were going through school. Some of them have turned out to be marvelous, wonderful channels of blessing all over the world. It's an amazing thing. All you have to do is to be in God's hand. That's all. Five loaves and two fishes. God said to Moses, what have you got in your hand? A rod. What's a rod? Dried up old stick. That's enough for me, says God. What have you got in your hand? Give it to him. This boy gave up his five loaves and his two fishes. He gave up what he had, and the Lord took what he had and multiplied it. I notice the test. You feed them. Where can we buy bread? Andrew says there's a lard here. You know, I kind of like this. By the way, can I just digress for a second? These two fellows, Philip and Andrew, wherever you find them, you find them dealing with people. In chapter 1 of John, it was Andrew who brought Simon Peter. It was Philip who brought Nathaniel to the Lord. Here in the feeding of the 5,000, it was Philip 
that the Lord approached, it was Andrew who supplied the answer. When you come to chapter 12 of John, certain Greeks, certain Gentiles wanted to see Jesus. Who do you think they went to? Peter? No. No. To John? No. They went to Philip and Andrew. Something about these two quiet fellows. And may I say to you, friend, even if you're backward, you'll notice in verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, Simon Peter's shadow. You see, he, he, he walks and lives in the shadow of Peter, but God found him usable. And you might say to me, Mr. Mitchell, I'm the weakest of God's children. Well and good, I'll take your word for that. And you're just the kind of a person that God can use. You say, well, I don't have the gift of this or that gift or the other gift. That's neither here nor there. All he wants is you. Don't you get your eye on any gift. You get your eye on the Savior. God wants you. As I said a moment ago, the Lord didn't call for volunteers to feed the crowd. I remember there are 5,000 men, as one version says, beside women and children. He drafts disciples. You feed them. And if you've yielded yourself to the Lord to be a disciple of the Savior, then he gives you the command to feed the people. Give ye then to eat. And again I say, when their eyes were upon the circumstances, they couldn't do anything. Now look at the marvelous provision. His sufficiency for their helplessness. He multiplied just what they gave him. And as they gave it out, as they gave it out, it multiplied. The supply did not run out until they stopped giving it out. The boy gave up all he had. He cooperated with the Savior. And let me tell you something else. I'm sure that that boy was filled that day too. You know, one of the miracles, to my mind, one of the miracles of this whole business was the boy. Did you ever know a boy have a lunch given by his mother in the morning and he still was carrying that lunch late in the afternoon? He didn't eat his lunch all day. You know, the Lord must have been wonderful in his ministry where a boy would be fascinated with the Savior, not only watching him perform miracles, but hearing his gracious words. And you can see him just saddling up to, to Andrew, and when he heard uh, the, the cry, there's a lad here who's got five loaves. How in the world did Andrew know that? Well, I say he must have had some little discussion with this boy. And this boy had told his Andrew about the little lunch that his mother had put up for him. There's a lad here. And you know, the marvelous thing was the boy was willing to give up his five loaves and two fishes. And I'm sure he was a hungry boy. If the men were hungry, how much more hungry was the boy? Now, I, I'm a boy yet, you know. I'm still a boy. I'm still hungry. And I like this little fellow. He gave up what he had, and the Lord multiplied what he gave him. By the way, what have you given to the Lord? Do you know there are thousands, tens of thousands to be reached for the Savior? There are tens of thousands of hungry people. Many of them do not know why they're hungry, but they're hungry for some reality. It may be the Lord will take what you have. Don't, don't make any excuses. All he wants is you. And he can take just what you give him, and he can multiply to the satisfaction thousands of people. All he wants is you. You have what you have. Put it in his hands. Cooperate with the Lord. And I'll tell you, he'll do it. And I'm sure this boy's eyes must have been popping. And I, 
you may not agree with this, but I'm sure that, Andrew, that, that when Andrew went out giving out the bread in the face, that little fellow tagged right alongside of him. I'm sure the boy went right along with Andrew. I know it's not in the text, but I know what boys are. And if a boy gives up his lunch, he's going to see what happens to that lunch. And as the Lord gave it to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude, it kept on multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And the Lord says, you pick up the fragments. The Lord didn't want any waste. You pick up the fragments, and there were 12 basketfuls left. The Lord doesn't want anything wasted. Now, you'll notice in verse 14, those men, when they saw the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Do you remember in the first chapter, the Jews came to John the Baptist and said, are you the Messiah, the Christ? And he denied it. He denied and said, I am not the Christ. Well, are you that prophet? No, I'm only the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What prophet? The prophet spoken of by, by Moses in Deuteronomy when Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like unto me. And so these, these Jews said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. What made them say that? They saw the manifestation of the power of God from Jesus through the disciples to the feeding of the crowd. And you know, the marvelous thing was that this little fellow cooperated with the Savior. I want to get just two things into your mind. The Lord, with his compassion on the crowd, is not going to send them home empty. The Lord never sends anybody home empty when they come to him. You may go to church hungry and come away hungry, but you can't come into the presence of the Savior and be hungry and go away hungry. He'll supply it one way or another. And in this connection, as I say, he challenged the disciples to feed the crowd. And I want to repeat this to you. I want it on your mind, on your heart. When we trust ourselves to do the job God wants done, it's never done. It's never done. But when we get our eyes on him and let the Spirit of God who lives in the believer use us, then he can feed the thousands. Made no difference whether it was 1,000, 5,000, or 50,000. Made no difference. As long as they gave out the Word of God, it multiplied. As long as they gave out the bread, it multiplied. When they stopped giving it out, it stopped multiplying. May I just say, Christian friend, the more you give out the Word of God, the more you have. And when you stop giving out the Word of God, it's going to stop multiplying. What am I trying to say? I'm, I'm living in a day when people are hungry for some reality. As you know, people are torn, hither and yon. Friend, what they need is the truth of the Word of God. And it may be God can use you. All he wants is you. You give him just what you have. This little fellow just gave five loaves and two fishes. God took a boy's lunch and fed the thousands. God can take what you give and multiply it to the salvation of souls, to the building up of God's people, to the glorifying of the Savior. All I'm pleading for is that you give yourself entirely over to him and let him control and do what he wants to do with you and what you have. And the Lord bless you today. For his name's sake. It is well.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.